Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Get to hear from them as well. Well, we all should know by now that faith is the word that God has given to Ros for our church for this year. And I have a photo of my granddaughter that's going to come up, my little Siggy. <laughs> and now just ponder that photo for a moment. <laughs> um, I think it really does encapsulate the essence of the word faith, doesn't it? Look at the trust she has, <laughs> you know, in the strong arms of her dad and her absolute delight in that moment. And obviously, they have grown to that level of faith. <laughs> they wouldn't have started out like that. Uh, but it, we're all on a faith journey, aren't we? It reminded me of that, that the Christian life is a faith journey, and this <laughs> is the goal. That is the goal, that photo. So on, on that note, I have two people who are going to share a faith testimony with you. And the first one I'm going to invite up is Valerie, and she'll be followed by Cindy. And then I'll be back up. So thanks, Valerie. Don't clap yet. You'll have no idea what I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, actually, it's greater faith, Simon. <laughs> and I've got my trusty tissue as well. Um, so, this morning I've been told that I've got four minutes. And that's according to the run sheet. And if I go over, I'm going to get booted off. So I'm going to work really hard to stay within those four minutes because <laughs> I don't want to get booted off. And you don't want to see me getting booted off either. So I want to say welcome to all of you to college graduation. Uh, my name is Valerie and it is really by the grace of God that after completing, and can I get you, after what feels like 60,000 assessments and hundreds of hours of ministry, I'm finally graduating from college. I have actually finished this leg of my journey. This leg of my journey. Yay. That's all I can say to myself. So I want to take a little bit of time this morning um, just to talk about what I feel has helped my faith and trust in God to grow. A little bit of that's going to be general, but the bulk of it is going to be specific to my journey of college. So when I asked God, because I pondered on this, what had made, what has made my faith grow? He quickened these verses of scripture to me. Now, I don't know if they're on the um, from James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, which states, Count it all pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. 
Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So one of the things I learned in being a good Bible college student and graduate was to do some reading around these verses. So that's what I did. I went and did some reading around these verses and I reflected on my own journey of faith and trust in God in light of what I read. There were a few things that I realised. One of them was that the trials of my life have often sorely tested my faith and my resolve to remain open-hearted and soft to God. And without softness to God, I don't know that I could really hear his voice and I don't know that I would have heard his voice when he definitely directed me to go to college. I realise that perseverance is a character quality that is absolutely essential to my maturity and, well, for each one of our maturity and completeness in God. And without that maturity and perseverance, I don't know how I would get through my life in faith or faithfully. And I also realised that without faith, trust and perseverance, I may never have gone to college in the first place, let alone been able to finish. It took me two years to complete the course part-time, so I know that God had already been at work in my life, and specifically in regard to my faith journey. So when I reflected on my college journey, um, for me it was like, it was something I would describe as being a marinating experience. It was the only thing that I could think about. It was like being placed in an unfamiliar yet safe learning environment for a period of time for tenderising and flavouring. I had a picture, I have to digress. My dad used to buy lots of things in bulk when I was growing up and he used to buy big bulks of meat and big bottles of red wine and he would stick that meat into the red wine and it would come out black, but I tell you what, it would melt in your mouth. So that was the picture I had of the marinating. Mm. It, was, it was fantastic. So I really struggled um, through college at times. And for me, I identified myself as a clinical social worker. That's who I am. I'm not a theologian by any stretch. And embarking on something that made me feel like a whale out of water, I just felt like I didn't fit. You said that this morning, Ken. I just really felt like I didn't fit and I shouldn't have been at college. My doubts were often quite real and very significant. And even more so towards the end of college when I got sick um, and had some heart problems, which are now rectified, thank you, God. But in response to God's very distinct leading, I went on this journey knowing somewhere deep inside of me that God who had already held me so faithfully through some incredibly hard life experiences and trials would work, walk this journey with me. I would come through to the other end and that was my assurance. 
You know, when I started, I never realised what God could do or would do through me in this college experience. And yes, I learned so much about the character of God, about how the New and the Old Testaments are so intricately and fascinatingly linked together. I learned about the incredible love that God has for his creation and that in our humanness and mine also, we all at times push against God and try to shut him out. But I'm taking away some very important things from college, from my journey, that I feel are vital to faith, trust and perseverance for my Christian walk. I realise that as a result of going to college, God has dealt with that lingering doubt I had in my heart regarding my salvation. And my acceptance before him. He made himself so real that something deep inside has been set like a foundation of concrete that is inside my spirit, my heart and my soul. And I know without a doubt that the Bible is God's pure truth. And that is, for me, just that pure joy that's referred to in those scriptures. I'm not sure how else I could have had such insights from God um, other than by attending college and studying his word. And yes, by doing those 60,000 assessments But there you have it. I didn't expect it. I didn't know what to expect. But that is often how God works. And he knows exactly what we need to grow our faith and our trust in him. And I guess that has really increased my faith and trust in God. Just in finishing college and in finishing with the gold that I will take away. Thank you. got the privilege of doing that journey with Valerie and that's extraordinary what she's um, expressed today. In preparing for this today I realised that a big question to do with faith for me has always been God where to from here? My parents are here this morning they come from generational faith and have chosen a life accepting of Jesus too. Their expressions of their faith are very different from each other, but the balance of that gave me a platform. The first time I ever asked the Lord where to from here was stepping out from under the shelter of their faith to discover and own my own. Thank you, Mum and Dad. Like most of you, I have experienced some circumstances in life that have left me reeling. 
I think there are a lot of us that can witness to our faith being tested and grown from adversity. Today, though, I wanted to share about a recent and quite different experience I've had of faith being stretched, and I hope it just might encourage some of you to embrace the unknown and say to God, where to from here? Let me just say this comes with a warning. If in worship you commit to surrender and tell God, I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, you better be jolly sure that you're ready for God to show up. Isaiah 54.2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent and curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. I opened 2022 with prayers for a prophetic word for my family and about the possibilities I could see of where to invest my time for the year. I particularly thought about more study. How do we do that, Valerie? <laughs> more study. <laughs> and how that could lead into full-time work or even just pursuing part-time employment to ease the financial strain at home. Then out of the blue, I get a text message with a possibility completely off my radar, scripture teaching. I made lots of excuses to God over the next couple of weeks as to why that wasn't a good idea, only to have every one of those thoughts and prayers counted. That was so menacing. Several times the Holy Spirit reminded me of this verse though, Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Here was the stretch of faith. God was, taking me, God was asking me to do something I was totally unprepared for. But he was deliberately aligning my heart to his and asking me to be obedient. All I had at this stage was a sense of urgency about this and I just had to trust he would equip me. He had to because I had nothing in the bag for this one except a college certificate and a bit of time. There were challenges and exhaustion in the preparation for teaching that I didn't expect, but in his loving kindness, God gave me a very timely prophetic word and I was strengthened for the journey. He also provided our family with some more financial support. Hello, Matthew 6.33. So I stand before you today just four lessons into scripture teaching with brain pain that Panadol thought won't touch and a family schedule held together with duct tape. But let me tell you this. I have 61 little faces that look at me every Tuesday with a spiritual hunger I didn't know existed. Most of them have never heard about God, let alone how and why he loves them so much. They excite my spirit right now and every week put me in a position of complete dependence on the Holy Spirit. Are you getting this? <laughs> my faith is being stretched, but it's not about me. It's about him. 
taking up a position of obedience and trust with this has been very uncomfortable. And I have had to adjust and I still am. But look at the rewards. It blesses me, but it glorifies him. Where to from here, God, can be a desperate cry in the darkness as you cling to faith. But it can also be an act of surrender to be stretched and to grow in it. Thanks, everyone. How good was that? So good listening to people's lives, isn't it? And we're all on our own individual faith journey. And uh, so I've just got two scriptures for you this morning that I just want to unpack a little bit in my, um, the moment, the time that we have left this morning. And they're from Romans chapter 1, 16 to 17. Okay, it says there, Paul is speaking and he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then the Gentile. So that's first for the Jew and then everyone else. That's what that really means. Okay, can we just park there? I'm going to read the next one in a minute. But believe, sometimes when we read that word believe, we think it's just a little bit of a mental assent or a thought Believe actually means deep personal trust, surrendered confidence, and a firm reliance. (laughs) And notice that this believing is in the gospel. The gospel, in case you don't know, is the good news about Jesus Christ. So this is where the faith hooks in. Our faith is hooked into what we believe about him. If he really is who he said he was, that he was a man who walked this earth, but he wasn't just a man, he was God. He lived his life, a sinless life, and he died on the cross for our sin to make it right with God. And our faith is directly related to what we believe about Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm getting passionate now. Next verse. (laughs) For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And what I love about these verses is this sense of a journey from faith to faith, not faith that existed in some words I said one day 20-something years ago. No, this tells me about a faith that is in the present, that is continuously present, that is fueling my everyday life. The word here actually incorporates the word live okay we looked at believe before let's look at the word live the righteous will live by faith and this word live means incorporates yes your spiritual life but it also incorporates natural life and eternal life 
in our Western society, sometimes we like, because we're influenced by a Greek way of thinking and philosophy, we like to compartmentalize things. And we have our spiritual life over here and our normal life over here and that never the two shall meet. But that's not the way that the Hebrew way of thinking was that it is it permeates my whole life. My faith permeates every part of my life. And I just want to, I had a couple of conversations recently and I've, I've hooked up those conversations with each of those points and I just want to say something about our faith as it is related to firstly our spiritual life, our natural life and our eternal life. Okay, our natural life. And I think I've got a photo that's coming up and Oh, sorry, spiritual life, first of all. <laughs> and there's a photo that's going to come up here of the cosmos, of a galaxy that's 48 million light years away. And the conversation, this is here to remind me of a conversation I had recently with a lovely friend, someone I had known once or twice before, but only recently had a wonderful conversation with. And we started talking it came to midnight and this conversation was so good that I was still up. Everyone else sort of like went to bed. And we started talking about God. And she said to me, my concept of God is that he is so big and so powerful and so incredible that you can't just know him that easily you know like that he's so remote and big now I understood exactly what she said because for me this is my God he's the one who breathes this cosmos into being he's the one who sustains it and holds it and so I understand only I, I put this picture up because one look at our universe tells you how big our God is and he can seem immense and awesome and incredible. But for a Christian, this God, we couldn't know about God because his spirit, unless he wanted to be known. And I realized in that moment that the reason I believed in God and could have a personal relationship with him is because I had had a personal encounter with him when I was 10. And I shared that with her. I said, I would be in the same boat as you unless I had had an amazing encounter with God when I was 10. It was so real for me that I haven't questioned it once since that moment. No one can give me an answer for what happened to me in that moment except that God entered into my life and touched my heart. So... Yeah, so that, is our, that was the beginning of a spiritual journey for me. My spirit came alive in God. And as Christians, that's what we believe. God, because of what Jesus has done, his spirit can dwell in our hearts. We are that clean because of Jesus' blood, that his spirit can clean, um, you know, be part of our lives and walk with us by faith. Okay, what did I, else did I want to say about that? Remember, this is from faith from first to last. It is faith 
to faith, another translation says. Or I love how the um, uh, Passion Translation says that we, it moves us from receiving faith through faith to the power of living by faith. And so now I just want to talk about our natural life, living by faith. Not just in our mind, not just, you know, in our thoughts, but our natural life, how that spiritual, um, you know, relationship with God impacts our everyday life. And for me, this is where faith actually hits the road. (laughs) Because we can read about monumental things that have happened in people's lives, but they're joined together by many, many, many years of just doing natural, normal life, aren't they? We know in, a, in all of our lives, we can probably um, think of these amazing moments that we've had, but they're jaw joined together by years of natural life. And so there, a little photo up there is, came up of my grandchildren because I thought that was an opportunity to put one in there. Uh, but what I really wanted to put was a school photo because that was reminding me of a conversation I had at my school reunion the other week. And in that conversation, I, when one of our um, co-students told us that he had lost his sister when he was three years old and that the whole of his school life, he felt like he was almost in an out-of-body experience because he never really connected with the world well. And none of us ever knew that. And so as we ta- I talked to him, I began to think of my life and natural life, the life I have and that encounter I had with God when I was 10. And I just became so grateful that I had um, a guideline to live my life by And I had this connection with God that was directly hooked into the life of Jesus Christ and that I could live my life the way that he lived his life. And, you know, my dad often used to, when he prayed, we said grace, he would often thank God for the beautiful principles that we get to live our life by. And I've thought about that a lot lately (laughs) because I'm remembering my dad. And it made he loved the principles of Christian life so much. It reminded me of King David, you know, in the psalm. King David would often say, Lord, I meditate on your precepts day and night. I I love your word. I love your law, your precepts. And, but I could, the difference between precepts and principles, (laughs) if I could just quickly share with you, are that David loved the precepts which were law-based. My dad was in love with the principles of the Christian life which are love-based and attached to Christ. One is an expression of the Torah and one is an expression of the person who fulfilled the Torah. And so with a precept, it's a direct instruction. So that's like a 
a, a sign that says you have to drive at 40 kilometres an hour at school pickup time. <laughs> That's a precept. That's a direct instruction. And a principle would be drive safely. Think about how you drive. That's the principle. And they're the beautiful principles, the natural life we get to live with God that we take our faith into every day. The beautiful principles of love. The new command that he gave us to love one another as I have loved you. The principles of generosity that invade our life, that activate our faith. Our principles of respect and love for people that we engage with every day. That's how we're working out our faith in our natural life. Because circumstances come and go and experiences come and go. But we, the question that has come to me at times, at difficult times is, is Jesus still who he said he was? And if he is still who he said he was, and I believe that is true, my faith is alive in him and he can get me through the circumstances. The next um, point is our eternal life because it's very closely linked. The hope that we have in our Christian life comes through our faith in Christ. And this is just the biggest blessing that we get to do life with, that the bottom line has been set for us. The fear, the sting has been taken out of death and the, the fear has been taken away. And our faith actually opens for us up the hope which, of Christianity, which is the anchor for our soul and our faith in God. This is a picture that's up there. Is there a picture up there? <laughs> this is just nearly 12 months ago now when my dad was in the last days of his life. And yes, that's me. And um, thank you to one of my nieces who took that photo. But I was reading, um, able to read scripture to my dad and pray with him. Because even though that he was in the um, dementia was about to take his life, his spirit and his uh, was alive and his faith was still present <laughs> and giving him, you know, purpose even in every day that he woke up. And I just was so grateful again for this opportunity to see my dad with that hope of eternal life that was emboldened by his faith, not even diminished for a moment in those last days where his body was letting go. So I just hope this morning that you've been encouraged in your faith journey. You know, at the moment, I am driving around a hybrid car because my car's being fixed and it's a higher car. And what I've noticed about the hybrid car is has a little um, panel that tells me as I'm driving the car, the battery is getting charged and it keeps you updated with how that's going. And it just made me think, this is like our faith walk as Christians. This is walking out our faith as we walk it out in our 
um, in our spiritual life, as we come to church, we pray and worship. In our natural life, just doing life at home, day to day, with our faith firmly in place in Jesus Christ and our hope of a future, it keeps our faith alive and it keeps it charged and we get to just keep living out those beautiful principles of Christianity, you know, um, that Jesus has given for us and modelled for us and our faith keeps charged and we know that we can face whatever comes as uh, Cindy and Valerie have shared this morning whatever comes because that faith in Christ is firmly in place so thank you um, for listening to us this morning and I'll hand over to Ken It was a very cold Sunday night several years ago. A young man sat at a kitchen table. His life hadn't been great. And that night, he said to himself, you have not succeeded at anything, but tonight you will not fail. As he sat at that kitchen table, about to end everything, he decided to turn on the radio. He wanted to put himself in the mood. At first, the first channel he tuned to was loud music. That didn't feel right. Then he listened to some classical music. And then about to turn the radio off, he twiddled the dial one more moment. And these words came out of the radio. If you are about to commit suicide, please don't. Please don't do this once I considered committing suicide and thank God I didn't. And tonight I want to share with you how I can, your life can be turned around. That night as that man listened to that broadcast, his thoughts changed. At the end of the broadcast, they said, if you want help, if you want to become a Christian, ring this number. He rang the number. That night, a young man, a counsellor, who had also at one stage considered committing suicide, took that call. They spoke for over an hour. And in that hour, that man gave his life to Christ. To this day, that man is a pastor of a large church. That man is happily married. But think about it for a moment. Six months prior, when that broadcast was recorded in America, the pastor who was recording that broadcast on the way to the broadcast, the Lord said to him, I do not want you to share what you have prepared. I want you to share on air about your suicide attempt and how your life was turned around. And so that man, six months earlier, sat in the studio and said those words. That young man was sitting in his kitchen on a Sunday night. On a Friday afternoon, when they were scheduling the audio for the Sunday night broadcast, the computer stuffed up. And the young man who was given the job of choosing the audio for Sunday night went into a library of audios and just said, I don't know what to choose and thought, oh, that's, that one's the right time. I'll pick that one. That audio was the audio that that young man listened to. Think about that. 2,000 years ago, the Lord gave up his life. 
And on that hour, that minute, he knew that that young man would be committing suicide. So six months earlier, he prepared for a message just for that man. That broadcast wasn't supposed to go ahead on that Sunday night. But the tape stuffed up. The Lord knew it needed to go ahead. And so he ordained it to go ahead. Why am I sharing this with you? At the start of the service, I talked about the fact that there are some people in this room who've come here today and they're saying to themselves, I don't belong here. I'm not good enough. People have been talking to me about Christ. People have been talking to me about an alternative, but I'm not good enough. Well, do you know what? 2,000 years ago, the Lord Jesus Christ made a decision you were good enough. And He has ordained that every person in this room must be here at this hour and this minute. I want every person in this room to close their eyes, bow their heads. And I want to speak to those people who have never known Christ. But I also want to speak to those people who have known Christ, but have moved away. Because I'm not standing here by accident. I'm standing here because God wants to relate to you. God just doesn't want to relate to you. He wants a relationship with you. I was one of those kids in school that was bullied and felt a failure. And as soon as God came into my life, He's turned it around. I've been happily married. I have a wonderful wife, wonderful children. So right now, as you're sitting there in your thoughts thinking, is this message for me? Take a chance. I ask you to put your hand up. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit mccroylifechurch.com.au.